0: Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. Father Neville, you know, I'm not worthy to speak to your children. So Lord, I'm asking and please, to send your Holy Spirit to speak through me. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. My topic today is Only a Look. When I was going through, I remember a song long time ago. It says, One look, that's all it took. Someone said, What you look at is what you become. The, the, the demise of a man began with a look. Similar His salvation can be had by a look. This look I'm talking about is found in the book of Revelation 5, verse 12. It involved the constant stare at the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and glory and honor and blessing. It began with a look. A careful study of Where we are now, as human beings, in our sinful condition, we will will convince us that it all began with a look. Adam lost his wife to a look. Eve found herself looking in the wrong direction, staring at the forbidden fruit being eaten by the enemy of her soul. Similarly, Our challenge today lies in what we are looking at, where we are looking, who we are looking to, and to whom we look. What in a look? The eyes are referred to as a window of the soul. They are seen as extension of the brain. Both are only 2% of the body weight, but require 25% of our nutritional intake. The eyes alone use one-third as much oxygen as the heart and need 20 times as much vitamin C as the joint capsule capsule involved in the movement of our limbs and require more zinc than any other organ, organ system of the body. Zinc is known as an intelligent chemical. Of the three billion messages related to the brain every second, two billion are sent from the eyes. We see here that there is real power in our look. What do you say? Genesis 3, verse 1 through 4. Genesis 3, turn with me. I'm going to read. It says, Genesis 3, 1 through 4 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, as God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which are in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto, unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. You see, verse, verse 3, present us with the demise of our first parents. Eve can be pictured creating that perilous distance between herself and her husband. Beauty greets her eyes at every sight. From one scene to another, the ambience of the garden observes her attention. Eden in all its glory spread before her a scene of endless delight. Colors Varied hue, texture, and shape appeal to her sinless sensibilities. Her stroll lead her to the very center of the garden. Undoubtedly, her stroll, Eve, must have been watched careful by the arch enemy. In Patriarchs and Prophet, page 53, Ellen White says, Satan was not allowed to follow them with continual temptation. He could have access to them only at the Forbidden Tree. Finally, her eyes were affixed on the Forbidden Tree. Here she sees a spectac- spectacular scene, one that eclipsed everything she would have seen before. Energy in her sight is serpent eating submptuously from the forbidden tree before her eyes could fully transmit the message to her brain her ear were engaged in listening to the serpent rehearsing repeating and rearranging the simple co- the commandment of God commenting on the serpent Ellen white says in patriarchs and prophet page fifty one the serpent was one of the wisest and most beautiful creature on the earth. It had wings and while flying through the air present an appearance dazzling brightness, having the color and brilliant brilliancy of burnished gold, resting in the rich laden branches of the forbidden tree and re- regaling itself with the delici- delicious fruit, it was an Object to arrest the attention and delight the eyes of the beholder. Genesis 2, 15 through through 17 says, "And, And God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress and keep it. And the Lord commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge and of good and evil, you shall not eat of it, for in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. It is this command which the serpent rehearsed in the ears of Eve. Was calculated to confuse her sense and then to prove the visual demonstration, the truthfulness of its utterance. In chapter three, verse one of. of Genesis, the serpent engaged a woman in a conversation and he says, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Eve respond in the affirmative in verse 2 and 3. She further added the consequences if disobeyed. Death will be the result. Then in verse 4 and 5 come the rebuttal. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God know that in the day you eat of it, then your eyes shall be opened, and you will be as God, command G, knowing good and evil. The author of Genesis seemed to be delivered in placing special emphasis on the sense of sight. This emphasis and the sight continue in verse 6. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it to her husband with her and he did eat. Genesis 3 verse 6. The fatal look led to the demise of the whole planet. Hypnotic spell of Satan, webbed Eve into a trap where she could not untangle herself. In an effort to disentangle herself, like a fly caught in a spider web, she pulled Adam in the fray. Satan artfully canned this tragedy to usurp the dominion from the peer just by a look. He knows that if he can cause them to gaze even just for a few moments, there will be enough message from the eyes to the brain to believe sufficiently. The consequences of that look were devastating. Sin resulted. The peer had lost their innocence. They began to run from God. They started to experience for the first time the surge of negative emotion, such a fear and shame. They were driven out of the garden. The sentence of death was now passed upon them. All these things resulted from just a look. This challenge of a look had repeated itself many times throughout the Bible. We need to be be always mindful of what attracts our eyes. Some questions that should come naturally to mind are, what are you looking at? Where are you looking? Who are you looking at? And to whom do you look? The Israelites look at other nations around them, and that is found in 1 Samuel 8, verse 5. And they ask Samuels for a king, because they look around, and saw all other nations have kings, so they want a king. David from a shepherd to a king, look out from his veranda and saw Bathsheba. My brothers and sisters, he sustained a gigantic fall. 2 Samuel, Samuel 11, verse 2 through 5. Elijah, servant, looked out and saw the Syrian army. Again he looked and saw the army of God surround the mountain. 2 Kings 6. 15 through 17. We, just studied, we are studying the book of Job, and Job 31 verse 11 says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look upon a maid? He maintained his integrity. David said that he lifted up his eyes unto the hills from whence cometh his help. He maintained his focus. Peter was in a boat one night, and Jesus was walking towards them. And when he it, it was a ghost, and when they realized it was Jesus, Peter said, If it is you, Lord, bid me to, to come. Peter found himself walking on the water. But the very moment he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to sing. Matthew 14, verse 30. Stephen, while, he, while being persecuted, looked up steadfast into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of his father. Acts 7, verse 55 and 56. Look and live. Our salvation lies in a look, looking unto Jesus. Just as a man lost his way to look, he can only be saved by a look. This look is upon the spotless Lamb of God. And Isaiah, ring out the appeal, and that is our text for today. He said, look, I am God, and there look unto me, and be, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no none else. Isaiah 45, verse 22. We must decide in our minds that there are something we will not waste our time to look at. It becomes necessary for us to make the choice to look away from many of those things that will distract us. What should matter most is that which tend to life. Turn them in now to Numbers 21. Verse 1 through 9. Oh, sorry. sorry us, uh, right. And it says, one says, starting from verse 1, it said, And when the king Arad, the Canaanites, which dwell in the south, heard tell the it, tell, tell that Israel, Israel came by the way of, of the spy, they then he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoner. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt in, indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy this their city. And the Lord heartened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities. And he called the name of the place Hormah. And they journeyed from Mount Hor, Hor by the way of the Red Sea to come Compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake and spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought, brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness, for there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loatheth with light bread. And the Lord sent fire, serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and Israel thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpent from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serp- serpent of brass, he lived. So that's the story, provided a powerful illustration of what it is to look. The people have seen terrible. crises now loomed in the wilderness, the people were dying from the venom of fiery serpents. They approached Moses to intercede on their behalf. Moses in response prayed to God on behalf of the people. The Bible records God respond. and the Lord said unto Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it up on a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten." when he look upon it, shall live, verse 8. Then immediately, verse the immediate verse tells us that Moses, in obedience to the command of God, made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. All those who were beaten when they looked at the serpent and uh, the pole were, were made alive. The key message here is look and live. The typology of the serpent being lifted up on a pole finds its fulfillment in the Gospel of John. John began his Gospel by appealing to the sense of sight. John the Baptist preaching and baptizing in the River Jordan, John 1, 19-29. Many came to look at John, wondering if he were the Christ. John the Baptist and Christ, though cousin, have never met before. Eventually, when Christ went to the River Jordan to be baptized of John, he, John, protested. And Ellen White says in Desire of Ages, page 110 and 111, she said, John recognized in Christ a purity of character that he had never before perceived in any man. The very atmosphere of his presence was holy and awe-inspiring. When John the Baptist baptized Christ as he, was come, as he was coming out of the water, the Spirit of God came upon John and he declared under inspiration, Behold, the Lamb of God that take away the sin of the world. The next day, recorded in John 1, 35, and 36 of the same chapter, John the Baptist, standing with two of his disciples, made the same utterance about Christ. The scriptures say, And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he explained, Behold the Lamb of God. For John the coming of Christ was an indication of him to point every eye to Christ. As a front runner of Christ, John was willing to sink beneath the shadow of the light that came from Jesus, who is the light of the world. He wanted even his disciples to look away from him and look to Christ, who is the Lamb of God. There is something powerful in a look. Jesus, the object of our focus, addresses the importance. Of a look, as recorded in John three verse fourteen, he made references to the scene in Numbers twenty one, and and then made an analogy to himself, and he says, and as John three fourteen, and as Moses lifted up up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Jesus was talking about it, his own self. Finally he was lifted up on the cross at Calvary. Even now, everyone who looked to Calvary and the slain lamb is guaranteed salvation. Illustration here. Charles Haddon Spurgeon of London, perhaps one of the greatest preachers of the 19th century, was caught in a snowstorm on his way to church. He ended up, ended up in a Methodist chapel with only 15 people inside it. Because of the weather, the pastor did not turn up. A humble, and une- uneducated layman began to preach. His text was taken from Isaiah 45, verse 22, which say, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. He opened his sermon by saying, my friend, this is a very simple text indeed. It says, look. Looking does not take a great deal of pain. It ain't lifting lifting your feet or your finger. It is just look. Well, a man needed to go to college to learn to look. You may be the biggest fool, and yet you can look. Even a child can look. Then he followed the text in saying, Jesus said, Look unto me, I am sweating great drops of blood. Look unto me, I am hanging on the cross. Look unto me, I am dead and buried. Look unto me, I rise again sitting on the the Father's right hand. Oh, poor sinner, look unto me. Look unto me. And after 10 minutes, he has nothing more to say. He looked at Spurgeon and said, Young man, you look very miserable. Look unto Christ. Look, look, look. Spurgeon, in looking back as his experience said, Oh, I did look. I look until I could almost have looked my eyes away. The cloud disappeared when I look from self. To my Savior. Science tells us that two billion messages are filtered through the eyes every second. We need to be careful of the things that we allow our eyes to gaze on. Eve got in problem with her eyes. The problem, however, was not with her eyes. As far as the Bible is concerned, Her eyes were perfect and normal. Eve's problem had to do with what she was looking at and listened to at the same time. Satan presented to her seemingly new light, which is true, a light that contradicts the plain statement from God. He deceived her. It is God's intent that our redemption must, must be had by a look. We have, we have to look away from that which leads to death and keep our gaze on Jesus the life giver. After many years, Spurgeon began became a mighty preacher for God. One day he went into a building to test the arcaustic, which is a song. He shouted, Behold the Lamb of God that take away the sins of the world. A man with a hammer, way up in the building, heard, Dropped the hammer, dropped the hammer, and came down trembling at his feet. Then he gave his life to Christ. The author of Hebrews said it powerful, powerfully about the importance of looking unto Jesus when he writes. Hebrew 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are a compass about which so great cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin at which though so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Saving grace. Let us stop, look at others. Let us stop, look at ourselves, and look at Jesus. Hymn 290 of our hymnal says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This look will provide you stability in your life. Focus in the path you need to travel and will guarantee you the entrance to the tree of life. That in the midst of paradise, Revelation two verse seven. And our memory text, and our text says again, Isaiah forty five verse twenty two: Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no one else. Late C. D. Brooks says, When I look at myself, I cannot see how I can be saved. But when I look at Jesus, I cannot see or I can be lost. Church, I, imp- I implore you, look, look, look unto Jesus Christ that you, may be, that you may have eternal life. The government can pave all the highways, but only Jesus can pave the way to heaven. I'm closing now. Only a look, only a look can turn your sin away. Oh, one look will bring your salvation, eternal life to win. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.